Hey, what's up? My name is Steven, and I lead Avenue Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, along with my wife and an incredible team. We really have a desire to see people experience God's unconditional love, find their true identity in Christ, and live out their purpose. And we would love to connect with you. You can find us on all social media platforms simply by searching Our Avenue Church. You can also check us out online by going to OurAvenueChurch.com. We really pray that something in this message inspires and equips you to experience the way of life you were created to live in Christ. Enjoy. Let's wrap up the series on a generous life. Um, I thought I was done last week, but I really... As I was preparing for last week's message, I had this thought of how gratitude and generosity kind of go together and did a little research on that. Um, Let's read this verse one more time. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24 through 25. It's the last time this year that we'll read this verse. Uh, But it says, the world of the generous gets what? Larger and larger and the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed, not just blessed a little, but abundantly blessed. And those who help others are also helped themselves. And so we've been looking at this um, idea of living a generous life as followers of Jesus. You and I have a responsibility, um, an obligation to live generously with everything that God has given us. And we understand that it's not just about finances, but it's about everything. Um, It's not just about amount, but it's also about attitude. And as we give, we give with an understanding that there will be a return on everything that we give. It's, that's not our motivation, right? But our understanding is that there are blessings that come from that. And I got to thinking about how generosity and, and gratitude may be kind of tied together, especially we just went through the Thanksgiving season, right? And I feel like Thanksgiving is almost like the previews before the movie that we paid to go see, right? A lot of times we will skip the previews just so we can get to the movie, right? We'll show up late to the movie because we know it's just previews. And I I really feel like a lot of times Thanksgiving kind of gets that wrap. Like at the end of October, the stores are already setting up for what? Christmas. As a matter of fact, I think Hobby Lobby starts in July, maybe. Like they put like all their Christmas stuff up in July. And so I feel like, you know, a lot of times we will talk about Thanksgiving the week before the holiday, but then once Thursday comes, it's Black Friday, Cyber Monday, Giving Tuesday, Community Wednesday, whatever. It's just like Thanksgiving is just a blip. But I really got to thinking like, like there has to be a connection between generosity and gratitude. And there's, there are actually two sides of the same coin. And so um, we're looking at a passage of scripture from last week, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verses 11 through 12. And Paul is writing and he says, yes, you'll be enriched in every way. So we talked about last week that, that as we give in generosity, we'll be enriched so that we can continue living a generous life. He says, so that you can always be generous. This is, and when you take your gifts to those who are in need of them, what will they do? They will, what does it say? Thank God. And so generosity prompts gratitude. 
So two good things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. And then he ends chapter nine with this verse. Thank God for this gift too wonderful for words. And so there's been all these studies that have been done through the, you know, the last 20 years, especially about, about how gratitude impacts and influences us in a positive way. Like there's studies that talk about like we are physically healthier when we cultivate and practice gratitude within our life, that there is a decrease in stress, anxiety, and anger. We actually sleep better when we understand what we have uh, to be grateful for. Our relationships open up, both the relationships that we have and also the relationships that we're starting. When, when gratitude is a part of that, things begin to open up. And there's actually, in the last five years, they've started doing psychological and scientific studies of how gratitude impacts and influences generosity and that that the two are very very like closely related when it comes to how our brain is wired that generosity and gratitude are activated in the same area of the brain in the ventromedial prefrontal cortex. Try saying that like five times real fast, right? Um, Just throw that into any conversation tomorrow and you'll sound smart. They'll have no idea what you're talking about, but they'll think you're smart. So this is the part of your brain that is activated by gratitude and is activated by generosity. And in 2017, they started this study at the University of Oregon um, they, they wanted to see what the connection was. And so they had these participants of this study come in to, like, they identified themselves on a certain scale level of how grateful they considered themselves. And so they took a survey and they kind of labeled themselves on the scale of how grateful they were. And then they took and they hooked up their, their, their heads, their brains to these brain scanners to see the activity in their brain when two things were taking place. First, they scanned their brains to see how they responded when money went into their bank account. So they were able to put on a screen or however, so people could see money moving into their bank account. They scanned their brain and they saw the activity. And then they saw money going out of their bank account into a charity and they scanned their brain to see what the response was. And for those who identified themselves as being more grateful, their brains actually lit up more when money went into their bank account and also when it went out of their bank account than those who kind of described themselves as not grateful. You still with me? So she thought, They thought, okay, can we cultivate this? How deep can we go with this? So they started for the next six weeks. They divided that that study group into just randomized two groups. One group was responsible for three weeks to, to write down in a gratitude journal everything that they were grateful for every single day for three weeks. The other group was just responsible for documenting their day what time they woke up, what time they had coffee, their lunch, who they talked to, but not anything grateful or ungrateful. And then they went back after the three weeks and did the same activity, scanning their brains, and they found that the ones who did the gratitude journaling for three, day, for three weeks, that their brains lit up more 
than the other group when money went into their bank account. Makes sense, right? Because you're creating this, this attitude of gratitude. But here's what they also found, that those who had, had written in their gratitude journal, that their brains lit up even more when they saw the money going from their bank account to the charity's bank account. Now, now this is the crazy thing. It lit up more when it went to the charity than when it went into their bank account. So last week we said it is more blessed to what? Give than it is to receive. And so science and psychology is proving that today. And there's more studies being done, but I love it when, when a lot of times, like we will have these principles and we think they're just biblical principles, but these biblical principles are wired into our DNA. They're wired into who we are because guess who created us? The one who inspired the writing of the word. Coincidence? I think not. It's on purpose. And so I want us to look at, at, at this, this connection between gratitude and generosity because what happens, and this is how I want you to think of it, a grateful heart opens up generous hands. When we can cultivate gratitude within our hearts for what we have, that opens up our hands and our heads to be more generous. When we're not grateful, guess what we do? Close our hands, right? And so how do we continue moving on past Thanksgiving through Christmas and the life of a believer walking out this gratefully generous life? And I got to thinking about, about uh, some of Paul's writings, right? Paul is church planner. He's the apostle Paul was Saul, if you don't know. And he had a crazy encounter with, with the resurrected Christ. And um, Christ sent him on a mission from persecuting Christians to building and planting churches. And he wrote all these letters to the churches that he had planted. And if you go through and you read these letters at the beginning of the letters and at the end of most every letter that he writes, there, is, there are words of gratitude, Words of gratitude for what God is doing within the churches. Words of gratitude about the people that he's getting to do ministry with. At the beginning, at the end, there's all this gratitude. And so let's look at Philippians chapter 4, um, verses 13 through 19. And he says this, and verse 13 will be on the screen, but he says all this before. He says, I've learned to be content when I'm hungry I've learned to be content when I'm full. I've learned to be content when I have everything. I've learned to be content when I have nothing. And he says, I've learned the secret to be content in everything. And we know this verse. Verse 13 says, for I can do all things through who? Christ who gives me strength. And, and we, we take this scripture out of context so much. I had, it, I had it written on my, you know, air forces in high school when I played basketball thinking one day I'm going to dunk the ball because in Christ, I can do all things. I'm 44 and still never dunked a basketball without the goal being dropped down to seven foot. And then I can tear a rim off. Right. But what Paul is saying, he's like, look, I can be content in all areas when it comes to Christ moving through me and in me. And he says, even so, and he's talking to the church in Philippi, even so you've done well to share with me in my present difficulty. So the church of Philippi has been sharing with Paul while he's on his, his missionary church planning journeys. He says, as you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help 
when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on from Macedonia. So he's saying, when I came to you, you provided for me. And when I traveled on, he said, no other church has done this. All the other churches I've planted and pastored, no one else has taken care of me like you have. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent even more help than, than what I had. And he says, I don't say this. I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. At the moment, at this moment, I have all that I need and more. I'm generously supplied with the gifts that you sent from Ephroditus. They are a sweet smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us through Christ Jesus. And so there's a lot there, but what Paul essentially is saying is he's telling the church at Philippi, thank you for giving. He is expressing gratitude because the church at Philippi was taking care of him. And he's saying, I'm not telling you this just because I want something from you. And so I get to thinking about that, like, like when, when, when you and I have an opportunity to receive gifts from someone, whether it's help, whether it's financial help, whether it's an encouragement, whether it's an encouraging word, how do we receive that well? Do we receive it? Anyone struggle with receiving it? I do. Here's here's what we have to understand is that receiving allows us to practice gratitude. When someone is is giving you a gift, when someone is giving you an encouragement, you receive it and it's an opportunity to practice gratitude. But actually what what I tend to do is I don't don't receive it well. I kind of start having this sense of unworthiness, like I'm not worthy to receive that. Um, And then then in the moment I start justifying why I should not be receiving that. Anyone else? Like in our head, we start thinking about it and then it starts coming out, well, you know, thanks, but we always say thanks, but instead of just saying thanks. And, and here's what, what I know it is for me, whether it's someone giving me a compliment, whether it's someone offering to buy me a cup of coffee, whether it's someone offering to give a check to the church, I wanna push back because I feel like I don't deserve it. Instead, I should lean in and you should lean in as an opportunity to practice gratitude. Because what that does is is not wanting to receive it is actually pride. And leaning in with open hands to receive is an opportunity for us to be humble and to say thank you to them and also to say thank you to God. And so receiving gives us an opportunity to practice gratitude. Um, And this this is what gratitude also helps us do. Gratitude helps us recognize the sacrifice of others. Gratitude helps us recognize the sacrifice of others. And so Paul even says this. He says that that what you have given us, it's a sweet sacrifice to God. And we said this over the last couple of weeks is that, that when you are generous, you're not just generous to the person in front of you, but you're also in that act of generosity, you are being generous with your gifts to the Lord. And so we also know that when you are generous, that at times it's going to cost you something. And by not receiving someone's gift from them, we are negating the sacrifice that they're making. And when we receive and we're grateful for it, what we are doing is is we are recognizing the sacrifice of the others. And Paul says this, he says, I'm generously supplied by your gifts. 
since they are like a sweet smelling sacrifice, acceptable and pleasing to God. When we fail to receive from others, we're actually also preventing them from receiving the blessings. And if we believe that there are blessings that come from us, from our generosity, then we also have to believe that others are also blessed. And you know, one of the things my grandmother used to say when I would not receive something from her, boy, don't you rob me of my, you guys have the same grandmother, right? Don't you rob me of my blessing because there is some truth to that. And it's so funny, like we'll get in a debate, no, I'm gonna pay, I'm gonna pay. How about you just, submit, and then someone offers to pay for your coffee, I struggle with this. Folks that go out to eat with me or grab coffee, you know, I'm always fighting. But what if we just submit and say, okay, I'm going to let you receive that blessing? Because what that does is that is recognizing the gift that God has given them to be generous in that moment. And so we're really not just denying their gift, we're denying God's gift to them. That's, that's kind of a deeper thought. But when we receive these, these gifts, these words of encouragement, whatever it is, we receive it in gratitude. Another thing that, that, that gratitude helps us do is gratitude helps shift our perspective from a scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset. From a scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset. Paul even says this. He says, at this time, at this moment, I have everything that I need. And I, I was thinking about this, like, could we say this? I had a teacher in high school, whenever I needed to go to the, like, to go to the restroom, go to the bathroom, I would raise my hand and say, hey, uh, Mr. Russell, can I go to the bathroom? And you know what his response was? I don't know, can you, right? It's like, I have the ability to. And he's like, you say, may I go to the restroom? And so we have the ability to say, I have everything we need, but, but could we really say that? Like if we look at our life, yes, I'm sure there are wants and there, there, there are some things that we need, but overall, I would say we, most of us have almost everything that we need. And when we take a minute, and take stock of everything that we have and are grateful for it, it takes our not enough and it makes it enough. And oftentimes in my life, what I find is the blessings of what I do have, the blessings, missing the blessings of what I do have, they're hidden by the desires for what I don't have whether it's more time, whether it's more things, whether it's more adventures, like, like instead of just accepting and acknowledging and recognizing what I do have, I'm covering all those blessings up with the desires for the things that I don't have. I want us to be able to say, in this present moment, I have everything that I need. I don't have everything that I want, but I have everything that I need. And, and what happens is we recognize that through gratitude. Have you guys ever thought or been in a moment where you did something for someone and they did not say thank you? How did you feel? Did you feel used? You felt neglected? Maybe get a little bitter? And if that happens a little bit over time, it breaks down in relationships. Um, have you ever received something and felt thankful, but didn't say thank you. 
And here's the truth. Like failing unexpressed, failing to say thank you, unexpressed gratitude is the same as ingratitude. Because the scripture says to give thanks in all circumstances, to give thanks, not just to feel thankful. Feeling grateful and giving thanks are not the same thing. That if you feel grateful, guess what you should probably do? You should express it, right? It says to give thanks in all circumstances. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you. Um, there's this guy that I follow and, and you think, is that possible? And looking across, I know some of the situations of stuff that's going on in your life and I know what I've been, gone on in my life and, and, and you look at this like, is it really possible to give thanks in. It doesn't say to give thanks for, because there's a lot of things I'm experiencing right now I'm not real thankful for, right? Now, once I get through it and I see how God uses it, then I can look back, it's like, oh God, thank you for that, right? But we don't see it in the moment. But in the moment, we can find something to be thankful for. And I follow this guy on Instagram. His name is Carlos Whitaker. Anybody know who, who he is? A few people know, a few not. So he, I've been following him for like way before Instagram when he was blogging back in the good old days, right? Before social media. And, and he's a writer and a speaker and his, his father's in his 80s and his father has dementia. And they just moved him from California to about four hours south of, of here. And he posted a video this past Wednesday spending Thanksgiving with him. Uh, and I've watched it so many times to the fact that like it, it impacted my Thanksgiving weekend. My wife, Jennifer, kept asking me, what's wrong with you? I was super contemplative and weepy after watching it. I can be an emotional dude sometimes as well, just, just cry at the drop of the hat. But this just made me ultra sensitive, just seeing what was taking place. Um, and so he went and spent Wednesday with his dad who has dementia. And it's, it's a six minute unedited clip of him trying to leave. And his dad keeps asking him, now, where do you live? I live four hours north of here in Nashville. And he's like, oh, you're my son. He recognizes him as his son and he thanks him. And Carlos was like, why are you thanking me? He says, because you're my son and you're beautiful. And then he goes on and he thanks Jesus for his son. He thanks God for his son. And at first I was... I was really saddened because he kept asking the same question over and over. Now, where do you live? Just in six minutes. He, and, and every time he recognized Carlos as his son, his face just lit up as if he was seeing Carlos as a newborn for the first time. And I thought, he kept saying, thank you. That even in that, even as that disease is taking his mind, there is still so much gratitude in his heart that it is overflowing and coming up in that. And so I really believe that we can be thankful in all circumstances. But how do we cultivate that? And so three things is as we leave this Thanksgiving season and running into the Christmas season, three things that I wanna give us to, to help us. And these things that we know um, the first thing is this, is just recognize your blessings. Just recognize them. And in order to do that, we have to push the pause button on life sometimes. Like my brain, is anybody else's brain just going 90 to nothing? Like I feel like I'm moving like, like slow-mo on the outside, but my brain is just like roadrunner, just going, 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 going. 
And in order for me to be able to pause my brain, I have to stop and I have to take account and look around at, at, at what I have. And so we have to recognize our blessings. Pause in your day, pause in your week. And you've probably heard pastors say this. I've probably said this, but you know, around Thanksgiving, we always ask the questions like, if you were to wake up tomorrow with only the things you were thankful for today, what would you have? And I know it can be kind of, but there's truth in that. And I got to think, I was like, I need more than a day, right? Because I'm gonna miss something. Like, like, give me a reset button at the week. Like, give me a week to be thankful because there is so much that we have to be thankful for that if we're not careful, we're taking for granted. But we just need to pause and we just need to recognize our blessings. And then we do this. We receive them gratefully. We don't just write them down but, but we should have some sense, some feeling of gratitude when we recognize that, man, we get to have church and a building with a roof and walls and air conditioning. And I know sometimes the air conditioning works too good for you guys. You know, on, on the flip side, it's not working enough for me up here sometimes, but we have like, you know, I get so frustrated. It's like, I, I, I need a permanent building for our church but then I'm reminded of the sermon series I preached back last summer that the church is not a building, it's a what? It's a what? It's a people. That I need to be thankful for the people that God's brought me. Be expectant for the building that will come, but be grateful for the people, not just to see the faces, but to be grateful. And so how do we do that? Like we start with just writing it down. When was the last time you took five minutes out of your day five minutes out of your week and wrote down all the things that you have to be grateful for? When was the last time you, you, you did that? It's probably not as often as what we should do. And another thing that we can do in, 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 in receiving them gratefully is we all have people in our life that we are thankful for, that, that we're thankful for. Don't just make lists of things, but write letters to people. If there's someone in your life that has impacted you and you've never let them know, now is a great time to do it. The best time to plant an oak tree was 20 years ago. You know the second best time to plant an oak tree? Today, right? The best time to have written the thank you note was forever ago. The second best time to write it is today, is to take some time and write that person a letter. And I promise you, you will feel better for it. And when they receive that letter and they read it, it's gonna make an impact you can never believe. And then maybe take another step forward. Don't just make a list or write a note, but go have a visit of gratitude. Go see that person that you haven't said thank you to. Go spend time with them. That's a little bit more of a cost. And so we recognize, we receive it with gratitude, but then the last thing that we do is we keep our generous hands open and we release it generously. The things that God has given us, the things that people have entrusted in us, we receive it, we recognize it, but then we don't hold on to it, we just release it. And there's so much that happens in our soul and our spirit and our mind when that takes place. And, and Paul even goes on in Philippians chapter four, verses six through seven. He says this, he says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's already done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds 
anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ. And so I'm not, I'm not a fan of math or algebra or calculus, but I read this several years ago and I was like, there's a pretty incredible equation there that if we can remember, um, it will help us remember the peace that comes. And it's this, it's prayer plus gratitude minus worry equals peace to the infinite degree. Like you guys remember integers in high school and college is like ridiculous, but I'll take this one, that it's prayer plus gratitude minus worry equals peace to the infinite degree. Peace that is, goes beyond our understanding. Peace that not just guards our heart, but also guards our minds. And so here's what I wanna do to end service today. We're gonna, we're gonna end a little bit differently. Take out your phone, um, take out a piece of paper, um, write on your hand if you need to. Um, and for the next couple of moments, we're gonna do this exercise, but I, I wanna start with this is take one minute, and I'll watch the clock. Take one minute, and I want you to, for just one minute, make a list of all the things that you're worried about, that you're anxious about, that you're stressed about, and we will start that timer now. One minute. probably getting a little anxious making that list, <laughs> right? And probably the truth is like you wanted to stop, um, but you just kept thinking of something else. And you probably even went right in because it's just right there on the front of your, your thoughts. So for the next minute, let's flip the script. For the next minute, I want you to write down things that you are thankful for.
giving you a little more time because once you start doing that, you don't want to stop. When you're making the first list, you're like, oh my gosh, I wish this minute would end already because you just keep going. And, but when you're writing things that you're thankful for, you start seeing and recognizing things that you really are thankful for that you haven't thought about. Now, this is what happens when we do the second exercise. Go back to your first list and just erase it. Go back to your first list and just erase it. If you wrote it down, just mark it out. And then just look at the things that you wrote down that you're grateful for. And Paul actually tells us in Philippians, he says, these are the things that we should put our thoughts on. Things that are praiseworthy, things that are excellent. These are the things that we should focus on. But what happens in our world is we start to focus on the first list and we never even get to the second list. But it's the first list that brings us anxiety. But scripture says it's the second list that wipes away those anxiety. Not that we don't have to deal with it, but we have the strength to deal with it because we're looking at the second list. And it's those good things that God brings into our lives. And we acknowledge that with gratitude. Not only allows us to walk through life a little stronger, but it allows us to be a little more generous. And so it's my heart that you guys would, would walk with the strength that comes from gratitude that you rest better, you're less anxious, you, all those things, that we move from a scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset. So I just wanna pray for us as we close. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, just, just allow the peace of God just to settle because of what he's done in our lives and recognizing that and receiving that with, with gratitude and it's my prayer that we would be stirred not to just do this once a year around Thanksgiving, but that we would make a habit of it at least weekly. So Father, we just thank you for what um, you spoke in this morning, God, that, that when we look at things through gratitude, um, a lens of gratitude, it, it helps us um, to experience the blessings that you've given us to a much greater degree. God, that it opens our hands to generosity in ways that we could never imagine. It, it helps us see that, that we have all that we need in this moment. And so God, in this season, it can be really easy just to focus on that first list of anxiety and worries and to-do lists. But God, help us not just in this season, but throughout life to focus on the good things. And that it's through that, that prayer and gratitude and minus worry is peace to the infinite degree that goes above our understanding. So God, you know the hearts and minds and the situations of all your children in this room. And God, that they would see you even in the, in the small details, even in the routine, mundane moments of life. And God, if there's anyone in here that doesn't have a relationship with you, I pray that just at their, their seat, they're simply saying, Jesus, I give you my life. It's not all that's gonna be said. They surrender, God, their heart's desires. God, they surrender their sin to you that any guilt and shame that's brought them to this moment that they brought into this room, 
God, as they surrender it to you, that you give them new life, God, through repentance and turning to you, not just turning from sin, but turning to you and and trusting you with their life. God, just let them know that there's a church here excited to walk through this journey with them in whatever struggle or storm that they're in. God, strengthen us on our Monday through Saturday to bring glory and honor to you in all things. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Come on. Um, Keep that list, that list close. Add to it. Um, And if you are moving in a direction in a relationship with Jesus Christ, whether today you said, Jesus, I give you my life for the first time. You said yes to Jesus today. It's your fresh start. Or over the course of the last several weeks as God's been working in you, at the end of this service, there'll be some prayer team members um, up here just to answer any questions and to pray with you. Go ahead and stand up with us. We're gonna, we're gonna close service a little bit differently today than what we normally do. I'm gonna invite um, a family to the stage and we're gonna pray over them. Kenny and Scott Tina Pickens and um, their family, they will come to the stage. Re- they, they are entering a really, really cool um, uh, season of life. Um, they are opening a women's recovery home this coming weekend. And so it's been a part of Scott Tina's story, a part of her journey. And she's actually going to have an opportunity to share some of that um, after Easter. And so it's it's Beacon Recovery Center, right? Uh, recovery what? Residence. Residence. Recovery Residence Center. Um, just to offer a safe place for um, women who have been living a life of addiction. God has brought them out of that. And so this is their next step um, into the life God has for them. And so they're stepping out big time, guys. Um, so much I could say. I've known this family for a long time. I've known her son and her daughter, Megan and Logan, since they were in our kids' ministry way back in the day. And so just getting to see God work through this family is incredible. So um, would you guys stretch forth your, your hand? We're gonna pray not just for them, but for the women that are gonna be staying there, um, that they would walk out this new season with God's protection and provision. And so, Father, we just thank you. God, I thank you for Kenny and Scott Tina and their family in this season of obedience, God, that that out of their tests and out of their trials has come an incredible testimony, God. And your word says that we are saved by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And God, that you have used this season not just to bring restoration in their life to you and with their family, but God, you're using this as an opportunity to bring restoration in the lives of other young women and families, God. And so I just pray just an abundance of provision for them in this season as they open their doors. God, that you just bring an abundance of protection over the ladies that are gonna be staying there. God, opportunities for ministry, for your name to be known. God, for your peace to be felt, for your presence to be felt. God, that it's not just changing lives, but God, that we are setting the trajectory for generations to come, God. God, that any children that are involved, God, that they will have a new purpose, God, a new direction, a new home. God, I just pray that you would just be with them as you've already been continue to guide their steps. God, bring in the right volunteers, the right leaders, 
the right staff, God, that you would bring in the women that are supposed to be there, God, that they would be open to receiving your love, your direction, your correction, God, as boundaries are set, as doors are open, God, that you would give Kenny and Scott Tina wisdom, God, God, discernment on what to say, what to do, how to direct, God, that you would give them supernatural strength, God, we thank you for how these doors have opened in ways that that were not necessarily in their plan, but you've supernaturally opened ways that are easier than what they thought it would be, God. And we just thank you for what the future is gonna hold. And we bless this work. And you are just, God, you, you love, as it says in your word, just to see the work begin. We don't despise the small beginnings. You love to see the work begin. And we thank you for this. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said.